Okay, we are holding Perik Dalid. Right, and we said that uh, the beginning of Dalid is talking about the idea that when a person is not going to work on himself, he could even get to the point where brothers could be people that hate each other. And we understand the concept of a brother comes from the idea of achtus, right, and chibor, connection, oneness, right? So you would imagine that the furthest thing away from a brother is the concept that he could be fighting with anyone, or fighting with another brother, I should say, right? The whole nakuda of brothers is that they should, the, the idea of fraternity, right, or in, in France, fraternité, whatever it's called, right? The, the concept of, of oneness is, is all what brotherhood is about. And yet, if a person doesn't work on himself, he could fall to such a level that he is even fighting with his brother. And we see it in actuality. Unfortunately, you see that a lot of people that go into business with their, with their family, they wind up having terrible fights. And, you know, people could not talk to each other for decades. And, then, you know, it gets to a point where they don't even remember why they stopped fighting in the first place, right? Or why they stopped talking in the first place, I should say. And this is all based on this idea. Um, okay, so let's start right from, uh, you know, we could just take a running start. We'll start from the beginning and we'll just go quickly through the paragraph. So it says like this, at least the first part of the paragraph, which we did already. That's what it says. Your brothers who hated you and ostracized you. Because of this lack of avoida. That you can get to such a low level. That even people that are brothers could get to the point that they hate each other and they ostracize each other. The whole language of a brother is from the language of a connector, someone who connects to another person. Even these people, even though there isn't anything substantial, Davar Mamshi means something that's substantial, right? Hamafrid Benehem, which is separating them at all. That's why they called brothers. Lashan Achus Vechibor, the idea of connection. They get to the point that they could hate Zedze. Blishum Tam Vedas for no reason whatsoever, right? Like I heard someone was telling me the other day that two brothers that were fighting for decades, they didn't talk to each other. And then one of them. Right, uh, decided that he's just going to forgive him, whatever. And, and he realized that what were they fighting about? They didn't even remember what they were fighting about. But 20 years earlier, they were fighting about a pair of uh, tennis shoes. That's what they were fighting about. For, te- for 20 years, they didn't talk to each other because they, they, the whole thing started with a fight over a pair of tennis shoes. Like, who in the world cares about a pair of tennis shoes compared to uh, a love a brother should have for another? But this is what happens, right? And it happens not just with brothers, it happens with parents, it happens with, uh, it happens with everyone. Because the bottom line is that, as we've been saying all along, is that as long as I am feeding into my yeshiousness, I'm going to bounce off everyone else. I'm going to fight with everyone else, everyone around me. Right? It's just the way it is. And the reason for this is because you can't stand one or the other. And automatically, then a person is also, you take it to the next level, that they're not happy with the shalvusa, with the tranquility of their friend. In other words, they are 
in a state that when something good happens to someone else, they sort of feel like, uh, you know, oh, uh, you know, they're unhappy about it. Or they, 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 they're unhappy that this person's happy. They see that that person over there is smiling and things are good. They're like, oh. Because when a person's really unhappy with himself, they don't want to see anyone else happy either. And where does the unhappiness come from in oneself? The unhappiness comes from in oneself is one's ego, one's animal soul. One's animal soul that wants, I want, I want, always wants more and more and more and more and more. They're not content with who they are. They're not happy with who they are. So because of this lack of joy on the inside, they, they just see the whole world in, you know, from, a, from a black point of view. You know, like the whole world is like black clouds type of thing. That's what I mean when I say black, right? In other words, it just looks so disturbing and storm-like. And, and, like, and, and anyone that's not, you know, not in that same negative state of being, so they want to put down. How could they be in a, you know, a happy state? Now I'm, in a, I'm so angry and I'm so upset. And, I'm so, and that's the way it works. They don't even, a lot of times they don't even realize, but they're in such a bad mood, they're like, like happy when bad things happen to other people, right? Because this is, this is the idea. So because really, every person should be so happy about the tranquility and the goodness that happens to another person. In other words, when you see another person win the lottery, you, you, you should be ecstatic for that person. Right, you should be so happy when things are positive for other people. Right, that's a that's a that's a good person. That's a real person. Right. In other words, the Nefesh Bahamis wants us to think that there's a certain amount of pie in the world, and if he has half the pie, then I only get half the pie, and if he has three quarters of the pie, then I only get a quarter of the pie, and so therefore I want him to have as little as possible, so I could have as much as possible. That's what my Nefesh Bahamis wants me to think. And as I see this person having more and more, eating more and more of the pizza pie, so then I, I, my nefesh Bahamis gets more and more angry because it realizes that it's getting less and less. But that's not how it works. There's enough pizza for everyone to go around. There's enough everything for everyone to go around. Right? And Adarava, a person that is vibrating in the right, uh, in the right level, is going to be so happy with everyone else's happiness. And it makes him happier when he sees that, uh, that uh, you know, it's like a, like a good friend of his. You know, he feels like when he sees that he's getting something good, he, he's so excited for him. He's so much besimcha for him. You know, he goes and he dances at his friend's, you know, chasana. Uh, he's not thinking, oh, well, how come my friend is getting married and I'm not getting married? He's thinking, he's so excited that his friend is getting married. And that is a, that is a cause for simcha. But this person who is not working on himself... Which means what? Which means that our natural trait is, right, in a certain way, the natural trait of, a, of, a, of the Nefesh of Bahamias is forcing us not to be this way. But that's not really who we are. We have to go deeper. We have to go deeper into ourselves. And who we really are, is, right, we have to go to our Nefesh Elokis and recognize that, no, that's not, this, is, this, is, this is the fool inside of me that's, that's making me think in a crazy way. And so therefore I have to stop that thinking. I have to realize that, that my thinking is way off. And I have to be much more, you know, go deeper inside of myself, like we've been talking about all along, and recognize that, that I, I want to be, you know, I want to be the person that I could be, which means that I want to be totally besimcha for everyone else and like totally, you know, engaged in their happiness and, and, and engaged in their simchas and, 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 and ecstatic for someone else's good. <laughs> this is the idea. 
But when a person can't stand another person, then what happens is that you're not going to be happy with someone else's uh, good things that happen to him. And you can even get to a point in yourself that you become happy, or I become happy, right, with the Yisurim that someone else is facing. At the very least, right, that you're not going to be annoyed by it or upset by it. And, and in certain ways, you could even think to yourself, ah, you see, he deserves it. He deserves to get this. You know, like, look, look how he's behaving, you know. Uh, you see the way he t- treated me last week. You see how he, tra- uh, you see, he deserves what he's getting now. And you want that the other person should have negative. Right? So you see inside yourself, that's how, how crooked the Nefesh Bahamis is. The Nefesh Bahamis is so crooked that it would even want something negative to happen to another person. Like, think about how crazy that is. Why would you want something negative to happen to another person? Adaraba. It's, it makes no sense. If something negative happens to another person, let's just look at it from a, from an, from a, 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 just a realistic point of view. Even if you have these terrible thoughts that you've wished that, like, that something negative, why is that, why, why is that going to be good for you? What, is that, what, is that, what, what good does that bring you? Nothing. So even if you're in this person who is a self-centered you know, person who is just totally looking out for what's in it for me, the fact that this other person got hurt or whatever, like, why does that make you happy? Like, why does it make why, why is, why you, why are you content with that? Why are you satisfied with that? There's nothing happening for you. The reason why is because he is so low on himself and he's looking at himself in such a bad way that he's happy to be around people that are that are suffering because he feels that like, I'm suffering so you should suffer too but Etsim, it's not doing anything good for him what, what who cares what is it what does it do that guy is suffering how does that take away from my suffering it doesn't take away from my suffering oh so I see that we're in the same club that we're both suffering together what, like what, what, what that's gonna help me that's not helping me it's ridiculous but that's how crooked the Nefesh of Bahamis is. The Nefesh of Bahamis is so crooked that it wants, that you get to a point that because you are in such a negative space, right, that it makes you happy when other people, it doesn't really make you happy. It just makes you, you see, oh, there it goes. You see, they deserved it. You see, as opposed to being pained by the fact that someone else is going through some sort of suffering. It's totally, it makes no sense, right? But this is how the Nefesh of Ahamias tries to play games with us. It tries to make us, uh, like, look at the world from a crooked point of view. And this is why it's so important to be on top of a person's game, right? Not only this, that they need to, you should, a person should be, uh, Hishtatev literally means to be like a partner, but I guess in English you would, you would translate it as empathizing with the tsar, with the pain of someone else. And really, a person should be in more pain over the difficulties that his friend is going through than himself. Because on himself, he could say, you know what, I deserve it. 
I deserve to get this uh, situation because these Yisurim, God forbid. Because as we know that Hashem sends us a bunch of wake-up calls, right? Hashem is constantly sending us wake-up calls. So if something not positive is happening to me, chas v'shalom, so I realize that it's because Hashem is sending me a wake-up call. Why is Hashem sending me a wake-up call? Because maybe I'm doing something that I shouldn't be doing. And in me doing something that I shouldn't be doing, right, Hashem is sending me a wake-up call to say, uh, maybe you shouldn't be doing this, maybe you shouldn't be going in this direction. You know, wake up, wake up, what are you doing? you got to do something else. K'mayim razal in bracha, it's like it says, Amarova, v'yisim ravchista, imroye adam shiyisurim bayim alav, that if a person sees that difficulties are happening to him, he should search into his actions. He searches his, his ways. And then he, from the word, like a, like a chakira is like an investigation. Right? And nashuva, and then will return right to Hashem. So in other words, like we've been saying all along, that a person has to recognize he's constantly in a conversation with Hashem. All day long. And everything that's happening in his life is Hashem, right, basically talking to him. And he looks at it from that perspective. So when he looks at himself and he sees that he's having some sort of difficulties, so he says to himself, why aren't things moving smoothly? Things are not moving smoothly because maybe my whole frame of mind is not the right frame of mind. Maybe I'm doing things that I really shouldn't be doing. So Hashem sends him some messages, right? Maybe you shouldn't be acting this way. So a person could have a difficulty or whatever sort, and then he has to think to himself, okay, why, why is this happening? Right? Nothing happens by chance. Right? First lesson of Hasidus, everything is hashkacha pratis. Everything in the world that happens is Hashem directing the show. That's the first lesson of whole of Hasidus, is that idea. Right? That everything in the world is coming from Hashem. So if I stub my toe, so I have to understand... I didn't just stub my toe. I stub my toe because Hashem is sending me a message. Right? It's not such a thing. It's not a punishment. It's a message. So what's the message? So I have to spend the time slowing down and saying to myself, okay, what is the message Hashem is sending me? Why am I stubbing my toe? Why is, what, what's going on in my, my, my actions, in my thinking process, in my whatever I'm doing? Right? There has to be there has to be something there. Masha'enkin, if I see my friend stub this toe, how am I supposed to look at my friend? I have to look at my friend with a good eye. And I have to say to him, you know, like, my gosh, he, like, he's a perfect tzaddik, and I can't understand why he stubbed his toe. So it doesn't make sense to me. With myself, I could see. I, I know why I stubbed my toe, right? I, I, you know, a lot, in the last three days, I've, uh, you know, told off this person. I spoke badly to that person. I, I uh, you know, missed this and I did that. And I, uh, I did a lot of things that I shouldn't be doing. And my whole brain is also maybe on the wrong track right now. And I'm thinking the wrong things. But Be'etzim, the other person, I have to look at him in a positive way. So when it comes to myself... I have to always look at myself and see, right, that Hashem is teaching me something. What is Hashem teaching me? So I can go around in the world, right, and say to, say to myself that, that why is Hashem t- 
talking to me in this way? Why is Hashem interfacing with me in this manner? So the first thing that the Rebbe is saying to us here, most importantly, more than anything else, that everything has to do with me. Nothing has to do with others. Everything is dependent on me. Right? In other words, everything that's happening is me. Right? It's, it's me, klape Hashem. Me and in my relationship, or we can call it my dance with Hashem. So if I'm tripping, it means that I am, you know, if I'm in the middle of this dance and I'm tripping, it means that what? It means that I'm doing something that I shouldn't be doing. And the fact that this person, right, that all of a sudden, here, here, there's a copy, right? The fact that this person is stepping on my toe, it's not because this person is stepping on my toe. It's because I am causing my toe to be stepped on. How is my brain thinking? What is my brain involved in? Right? Why am, I, why am I, so to speak, attracting this to myself? Let's put it in that way. There's a reason why I'm attracting this to myself. So the way the world looks at it is, this guy stepped on my toe, let me punch him in the mouth. He'll, he won't ever step on my toe again. Right? The way Hasidus looks at it is, it has nothing to do with the other person. Hashem is stepping on my toe. Hashem needs someone to step on my toe in order to tell me a certain lesson that maybe I shouldn't be speaking to my chavrusa the way I'm speaking to my chavrusa. Or maybe I should be uh, focusing more on what I'm supposed to be doing. Or maybe my mindset is, is a mindset that is not the proper mindset. Or maybe I should be, what a, you know, every, a list of different things. Now, having said that, having said that, you know, when Ruvain steps on my toe... He has free choice to step on my toe. My toe needs to be stepped on. But no one says anywhere that Ruvain has to be the one to step on my toe. It could be Shimon. By Ruvain deciding to step on my toe, it means one thing. Guess whose toe is going to get stepped on next? Ruvain's. So there's two lessons in this story that we're talking about right now. I mean, there are many lessons, but let's start with this too. First of all, Ruvain is not stepping on my toe. Hashem is stepping on my toe. And Hashem is not punishing me. Hashem is sending me a message. I have to decipher the message. That's point number one. Point number two is I have to make sure that I'm not that Ruvain. I'm not the guy that's going around stepping on other people's toes. I don't have to be Hashem's henchman. Make sure that I'm not that person. I'm not the person that's telling other people off. I'm not the person that's stepping on people's toes. I'm not this person that's doing not nice things to other people. I have to make sure that Hashem is not using me as a henchman, right? Where do we learn that from? The Mitzrim, right? The Yidin had to go down to Mitzrayim, right? There's a very famous question that the Mepharshim asked. The Yidin had to go down to Mitzrayim, right? They had to be enslaved. So why did Hashem have to bring 10 plagues and, you know, basically destroy the entire nation of, of the Mitzrim. Weren't they just doing what, what, you know, what they were supposed to be doing? And the answer that is given is because they didn't have to do it in such a way. It didn't have to be to such an extreme. So a person has to realize that just because Shimon's toe has to be stepped on, First of all, I have to make sure that I'm not the one that's stepping on it. And second of all, if I happen to trip over his toe, make sure that I don't do it in a mean way. But try not to be the one stepping on his toe in the first place. Right? The fact that Shimon needs his toe stepped on 
That's between him and God. Don't get in the middle of that conversation. Don't get in the middle of the conversation. So when someone acts obnoxiously to you, our natural, our natural response is to act obnoxious back to that person, to scream at that person, to take myself, to take my, uh, my, you know, all of my energy out on that person. But what the Rebbe is saying here is that's totally ridiculous. That person is going to have to deal with God in his own time. But the fact that I got this obnoxious person spitting in my face, right, is a message from Hashem that I need my face spit in. So I have to figure out in myself, why am I having my face showered upon? That's up to me to explain. That's something I have to figure out in myself. And that's what he says here. Now, what happens if you search your, your actions and you don't find something wrong? That's very hard for me to believe, but whatever. Let's say that that happens. A person doesn't find a sin in his hands. That because of this, uh, the Yisurim should come to him, that it's fitting for, that he should have these Yisurim. So the, the answer is that you could hang it upon the point of Bittal Taira, that you're not learning enough Taira. Yeah. What are Yisurim? Yisurim means difficult p- times or uh, pain of some sort. The whole idea of this avoida is that a person should not muta. Muta means to make a mistake. But you could say it in English. And here I take one of these. Say it in the proper English, it would be like to deceive himself. A person shouldn't fool himself, shouldn't deceive himself. As matzavo be'emes ba'asher hu, his matzav be'emes and what he is, v'tzarich lepashpeish b'masav, he has to look into his actions, diburav and his speech, v'machshavosav and his thought, v'bikor tehetiv in a in a good like a real good accounting, like he has to really see what's going on, what's going on with me, he has to do an accounting, and really he should do this accounting every single day. Think about the day, think about what he did wrong, think about what he did right, think about what's going on, think about how he's conducting himself, right? He has to, he has to give a, he has to give a, a thorough uh, investigation each day to clean the house, right? Like it says, at the end of the day, right, what does the storekeeper have to do? He has to do an accounting. He has to see how much he sold, how much he bought, right? What, he, what prices he sold it for, whether he made money on this, he didn't make money on this. In the middle of the day, that's not when to do it. In the middle of the day, you have to sell the, you know, if you're in Key West, you're selling all these T-shirts and jeans and whatever on, in all these like 5,000 stores over there on, the, you know, on what's the name of that street again? Duval. Duval Street, right. right. But at night, after the store is closed, so then you have to sit back and you have to say, oh, well, you know, this was a good sale and this was a bad sale and this I should have put out into the front of the store and this is, yeah, you have to, you have to do an accounting. That's why he has a, uh, a double language here. Right? First you have to it means to like to search. And from the word chakira to do an investigation. Because just investigating is not enough. Because it could be that you're not really searching in or you're not really investigating in a, in, a, in, a, in a real way, in a good way. And even if the, the, the search 
is good, you have to have really an investigation into a person's self. That you will search and investigate him, right, and you ask really good question. In other words, because the idea is that a person has to, first and foremost, he has to change his approach. Like, uh, you know, if he sees that everyone he's looking at, and he sees him, he's looking at, he's being judgmental of this person, and this person, and this person, and this person, and this person, this person, this guy's a jerk, and this guy's a jerk, and this guy doesn't know how to speak, and this guy doesn't know what this, and this guy doesn't really care, and this guy, uh-uh. So, uh, he has to recognize that he has to stop looking outside and start looking inside. He has to start saying, if that's the way I am looking at the world, then there's something wrong with me. There's something wrong with the way I am approaching the world, not the way the world is. It's my look, it's my appearance, it's my uh, way of uh, looking at them. Yeah, Elith. This idea that it has to be a good investigation, it has to look, because a lot of times people look at themselves and they see themselves as being perfect. Or if not perfect, they see themselves as whatever, you know, they, they don't really, they're not ready to change. Person has to be ready to change his his approach, right? So, in other words, most uh, right balichuva they did change their approach. They changed their approach in doing. Right now, they're keeping Shabbos and they're keeping kosher and they're wearing yarmulke and all this stuff. But all that stuff is on the outside. They have to also look at their personality on the inside. How am I looking at the world? How am I? How am I? How am I in relationship to the people around me? Right to really give a good, a good look at it. To try to see what is really happening here. How am I really, how am I really interfacing with the people around me? If I see that I'm constantly getting into fights with everyone, so it must be that I am vibrating at the wrong energy. That I am coming at it with a with a, a sense of, of. Uh, of judgment and of, of looking at other people with the wrong eye and, and things like that, right? This is the idea. So why am I doing that, though? Why am I looking at everyone in such a... Because I'm looking at myself in the wrong way also, probably. Usually what you find is people that are very judgmental are usually people that are very judgmental of themselves, too, right? And it doesn't have to be that he's judging himself all day, right? That's just a side point. There's a time and space for everything. Like I said to you before, if you're sitting there in the middle of uh, your store and, and you're trying to judge and figure out the accounting on how much this pair of pants costs and doesn't cost and you're trying to sell it, you, you can't do it in the time. Right now you have to sell. Right now you have to do. In the nighttime, after the store is closed, that's when you have to look back and you have to say to yourself, okay, did I do a good sale or did I not do a good sale? Same thing here. In the middle of the day, you have to be giving, you have to be doing, learning Taira, doing mitzvahs, doing everything in a positive way, re- looking at other people in a positive way. Uh, 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 uh. No judgment. At the end of the day, you look back and you say to yourself, you know what, I really should have uh, spent a little bit more time learning today, or I really should have come to Seder on time, or I really shouldn't have gotten into an argument with my, with my buddy over there about this, and really I should have done this. And I, okay, that's when, to, that's when to look at it. Right? And to recognize, okay, these are things that I need to, to change. I'm not perfect, and I need to change. I need to become more, more of a person who is, is, is a person that's doing you know, what he needs to be doing.
there's a time and place for everything like that. But what he's saying here is that very often we're very good. <coughs> Excuse me. Very often we're very good at judging everyone else. We're very good at, at, at judging this person and this person and that person and the other person and what everyone else is doing wrong. Right? That's not the way it should be. It should be that I'm, I have to look into, into myself. Because what happens is that usually it says that the, this is from Mishle that on all the, the, the faults, whatever, my Abba covers over. Because he loves himself so much. So his Abba covers everything over. So what? He, what? What did you say? As atzmo, va'alulitos. Because, like we learned in the Ma'amar from the Tzemachsedek, the idea is that when a person looks at himself, he sees everything is perfect. Like he has a tendency. Why do you wake up late today? Because his alarm clock didn't go off. Because his dog ate his homework. Because his you know whatever. There's always. There's an excuse that he has for himself when he's looking at himself. When he looks at the other guy, so then he says, how could he have woken up late? How could this have happened, right? Yeah. So what the, what the Samosetic says in his mimer is that's how we have to look at everyone else. When a person has a feeling of ava towards other people, so then the love covers over the faults. Usually all we have is that love for oneself. The love for oneself covers over my faults, right? I, I have an excuse for this, an excuse for that, an excuse for the other thing, an excuse, no, no, no. But really, the way it should be is that I should, I should look at the world that way. I should look at all the people around me that way with this love. And when I am looking at the people with the love, the way that Samosetic explains it in his mimer, so then I, I'm not able to see their faults. And like over there, he says that when we look at the other people with such a love, right? So it makes us whole. And then Hashem looks at us with this love. Not that He can't see that we do all these Averas and everything like that. It's just that when you look at, like just like when you're looking at yourself, you have all these excuses for why you do it. So then Hashem's going to have all these excuses for us why, why we're doing these things. So it's like it becomes like a full circle. And that's why it says that, that what's going to bring Mashiach, that the Abbas Yisrael is going to be bring, is what's going to bring Mashiach. Because when you feel, when I feel this love for other people, we, we find excuses for their bad tendencies. Because we love them so much. So we have compassion for them. We say, what do you want from this guy? You know, he grew up in this situation. Or what do you want from this guy? Look how difficult his life was. Or finding all these reasons why he would act this way or that way. They just have, have a real love for another person. So then Hashem will reciprocate, reciprocate. And it will feel that same love for us. And then that's what's going to bring Mashiach. So this is, this is quintessential that this is the work to do. Right, so that's that's the idea. Okay, maybe we'll stop here. It's an amazing next point, but we'll 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 save that for tomorrow's class. Mitzvah Hashem.